TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Beautiful, beautiful Tuesday, April 20th, five days post-tax payment day. It's a beautiful thing. We're five days into the celebration here. It is the TalkZone.com Sports Talk and more. We do it each and every day on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Our phone lines are open as per always. Uh, today, by the way, it's not Two Guys and a Mike. It's one guy and one Mike. Guy number two off today, so the phone lines are open if you would... Like to play a co-host or strap yourself in on the co-pilot seat. It's right here for you. You can do it by dialing up at 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. You can always join us via email at Mike2Guys, M-I-C in the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. And thanks again for joining us. Lots of sports to talk about. Baseball, a little bit of a slow day yesterday. Uh, actually, if you're a Chicago Cub fan, as we are here in the city of Chicago, a very slow day. Even though they played, it was a slow day as they got about the four runners on base in nine innings. Not very good. White Sox back in action. couple of major league games yesterday, but uh, a little bit of a slow day as Mondays are wont to be. NBA playoffs. We'll talk about the Bulls and the Cavaliers last night and some good other playoff series. And a uh, big hockey game coming up tonight. Hawks go on the road. Taking on the Nashville Predators NHL hockey playoffs. And of course, that series is tied at one to one. We'll talk some uh, NHL playoff hockey also. We had mentioned yesterday, uh, lost in many of the sports stories was the fact the Boston Marathon was going on. And this is, this has got to rank in one of the otter sports uh, stories or animales or whatever you want to call it. But apparently Robert, and I'm going to probably brutalize the last name, Sherio. Cheerio. Robert Cherio won the uh, Boston Marathon again, or so we thought, and he did it in a record time. But what's kind of weird is that this was not the Robert Cherio that has won like two or three Boston Marathons before. This was a different Robert Cherio, not related to the other Robert Cherio. Now, you know, I don't have a strong Kenyan background. I think, you know, if you go back in my descendants, I might be like 0.5 Kenyan. It's kind of a sensitive subject. I don't want to talk about it. It comes up at Thanksgiving and dinner on occasion, but uh, story for another day. But, um, you know, so I don't know the Kenyan tradition. That I don't know if Shirio is that popular of a last name. Robert is that popular of a first name. But, uh, yeah, Robert Shirio, record time. Absolutely blitzed the competition. 21-year-old kid out of Kenya wins the Boston Marathon, and he is a different Robert Cherio, obviously, than the guy who's won two or three marathons before. I think that Robert Cherio is probably about 32, 33 years old, maybe a little bit younger than that. So that that, that was weird. Not exactly a common name, but uh, there he is for your winner. And uh, on the women's side, I know everybody is anxiously awaiting the Boston Marathon results, but it's a pretty cool event. 26.1 miles, and yesterday, what did Joel call it, Dave? I was not aware of this. It's uh, Patriot Day in Boston. 
a, a tradition every year on the Boston Marathon? That's correct, yes. Thank you, David Olson, reporting live for MSNBC. What? And they do what, a baseball game? And then they do, like, what? do you know when the tradition of Patriot Day started? I can look into that. No, you don't want to do that. I'd rather yeah. have an off-the-cuff, you know. One of me and Joel's rules, if we don't know it, we make it up. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but it was Patriot Day yesterday. Not real good for the city of Boston either. The Red Sox, they get hammered on Patriot Day. Ryan Hall, the great American hope, we thought maybe. Maybe the Boston Marathon, uh, God forbid, might be won by a kid out of the United States. He ran brilliantly again. The youngster out of Mammoth Lakes in uh, California. I don't know where Mammoth Lakes are in California. Probably near a body of water somewhere, I would imagine. Take a wild guess and say, oh, maybe the Pacific Ocean. Just a shot in the dark. It's uh, Northern California. Thank you. I see you actually know that. Or are you going off? I do. Okay. See, David Olson will only speak when his knowledge base is there. That's... That's why you got to be on this side of the glass, Dave, where you make up things as you go, and you know you take shots at the bulls, or take shots at the dartboard. Occasionally, you're right, and you become a well-renowned sports talk host. That's how this business works. All right, but um, Ryan Hall came in fourth place. Not bad, not bad. Fourth place. We were hoping for a victory there, so it was not a very patriotic day in Boston with the Kenyan winning, the Red Sox getting ripped. What other sporting event was there yesterday? Celtics didn't play. I thought Joel, when he was on yesterday, said there was another tradition for Patriot Day. Have we got any listeners in the Boston area? If you're not from the Boston area, you want to pretend you're from the Boston area, that works too. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. By the way, if you're keeping score at home, the women's winner from Ethiopia, Teba Eresko. Teba Aresco. And apparently the women's, i got to watch a little, uh, maybe they have the YouTube uh, video of this, but the women's final was pretty close. Three or four uh, ladies coming down the final half mile, and um, Tabia Aresco apparently sprinted to win by three seconds. And obviously in a sprint, shorter run, three seconds is an eternity. In a marathon run, that makes for a pretty close finish. And that's good stuff. If you're in uh, it's you know, you may not be a marathon running fan. There's not a large majority. But if you are a sports fan, if you're into competition, you watch athletes put in that kind of effort over that long a period of time. And, and clearly, training and conditioning is a big part of it, but also a big part of marathon running. And I'm not a marathon runner, not an expert at it. But I'm going to take a wild guess and say the ability to withstand pain, to fight through pain, that's got to be a big part of being a successful marathon runner. So you had some uh, women coming down the stretch that had to be dead tired and who was going to fire out, who was going to sprint and finish that last leg. And uh, Tabia Iresco found a way to do it. Pretty cool competition there in the Boston Marathon on the women's side. Again, Robert Sherio just pulled away and won easily on the men's side. All right, baseball yesterday, our uh, beloved Chicago Cubs. Collapsed once again. We here in the uh, city of Chicago, it, things continue on. We are, what, the White Sox uh, 13 games into their season. The beloved Cub are also 13. And if we have 130-some-odd games to go at that same rate or whatever the math is, 140-some-odd games, almost painful to think about, we are going to need some consultation here. We're going to need some psychologists, some sports psychologists to come in and settle us all down because it could be a long, long summer. And I predicted that possibility. I was hoping against it. And it's early, and, you know, things could still change. There still is the potential 
Clearly, for the White Sox and Cubs, you don't want to write them off. But the way things are going, it is, uh, unfortunately, a prediction I made coming to fruition, mediocre at best for both Chicago teams. And I don't think you can call four and nine in five and eight mediocre. It's somewhat less than mediocre, way down below the uh, Mason-Dixon line at this point. Cubs lose yesterday 6-1. to one. Good pitching performance again by Randy Wells, and uh, he's a great story. Randy Wells, unheard of, unknown at the start of last year, was not even scheduled to be in the rotation. Can't remember if he started out in AAA or if he was one of the last add-ons to the pitching staff. couple of injury, Randy Wells gets to pitch, and he wins, I want to say, 13 games last year. I'd like to be accurate if I could figure out how to work this computer here and do it real quickly like some of the professionals. I could probably tabulate Randy Wells' wins from last year, but 13 is close enough. Very good performance. A lot of people said, well, that was a flash in a pan. Cubs can't depend on him this year. Kid's a bulldog. Kid is a fighter. Doesn't have blistering, overpowering speed, but Randy Wells, major league pitcher, make no mistake about it. Solid performance yesterday. Five strikeouts, couple of walks, gave up one run in six innings, and then the Chicago Cubs and Uncle Lou went to the bullpen. Look out below! Wow. It has not been a good year for the uh, Cub bullpen. The closer, Carlos Marmol, not too bad. Not too bad, but innings number six, seven, and eight. Whew. Not so good. Yesterday, the uh, culprit was, uh, sadly enough, uh, Marshall, James Marshall. Oh, that's not Marshall, James Russell, who prior to that had given up uh, absolutely zero runs in the, I believe, four and a third, four and two thirds innings. He had pitched one of the good guys out of the bullpen. He is the son of ex-major league uh, relief pitcher Jeff Russell. Many of our older fans will remember him. And uh, James Russell doing a nice job this year. Came in, one-to-one ball game, top of the seventh. Runner gets on base. Boom! Back, back, there she goes! Out of here! Angel Pagan. Not exactly a big home run threat. Angel Pagan goes deep. The ex-cub hits the home run. And the New York Mets are well on their victory to a 6-1. to Jeff Samarja. Came in to uh, keep the score at 3-1. to one. He did not do that. Sean Marshall came in after him, and the two of them collectively left the Cubs with a 6-1 to one hole as they headed into the ninth inning. Not good. Not good. Jeff Samarja, by the way, a lot of fans will remember him. He was a wide receiver for the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. David Olson, if you were talented enough, David, our fine producer here, a uh, fine athlete in his own right, Talented enough as Samarja was to get drafted for the NFL and talented enough for Major League Baseball. If he could do both, and I could throw this out to the listeners too, 888-463-6748. Fantasy time, if you were good enough to play both, take into effect money, playing career, the enjoyment of the sport, the length of the sport, uh, how it affects your family and everything, football, baseball, or somewhere in the between. That's a tough one. I mean, potentially, you can make a lot more money playing football, but your career is going to be a lot shorter, and you're going to do a lot of damage to your body. On the other hand, baseball, you can put together a 20-year career Mm -hmm. easily. You can do 20 years. And money more guaranteed in baseball. Yes, and it's it's more guaranteed. So Mm -hmm. I would – but – but the season is much, much longer. There's a lot more travel. It's a grind. And it's tougher on the family life. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's it, it's, a, it's a tough call. It's mm-hmm. a tough call. Pluses and minuses both ways. Samarja uh, 
decided to do the baseball route, and at this point, if he continues on, he might want to, uh, I think we mentioned this before, he might want to start practicing his in routes, his out routes, his go rights, and his comeback routes because the baseball career, uh, disappointing so far. Disappointing. Not ready to write him off yet. He's got great stuff, and he is a athlete. Looks good out on the mound. Everything looks good until the pitch reaches the plate. He has not been able to strike out batters, and more often than not, the hitters are able to put some solid wood on the baseball. So, uh, Cubs fall apart, lose six to one, down to five and eight. Cub fans, you want to check in and uh, talk about your beloved team? Of course, the hitters aren't helping out either. One run, nine innings against the New York Mets, not too good. They're back at it tonight. Carlos Zambrano going up against Michael Pelfrey, and Zambrano's been a story unto himself this year. So that'll be interesting to see um, how he does. Uh, three performances so far this year, uh, coming off a bad year last year. Two not so good. One pretty good. Not a good percentage for Carlos Zambrano. Hopefully he can even that out at 500 and get a victory. The Cubs need it big time tonight, but they do lose 6-1, uh, to one and the hitters continue to struggle. Uncle Lou, Lou Piniela trying to find different lineups, seeing which one matches up. Ozzie Guillen doing the same thing with the White Sox. And, uh, you know, two schools of thought. Don't panic too soon. Keep your set lineup. Or, you know, start juggling things around. Mix it up. Play your bench. Don't get guys too comfortable. Go with the hot hand. Ozzie Guillen is known to do that. I tend to think that's the uh, correct way to do it. I don't think it's panicking when you sit a guy for a couple of games. And if a backup player at a certain position has a good game to play him a second game in a row, you're not disheveling the whole lineup. You're not mixing everything up. Professional athletes should be able to handle it. Go with the hot hand. Guy got a couple of hits, and it's time for the other guy to come back in his position? No. If he got two hits the day before, you play him again. And if he gets a couple more hits, you continue to play. Go with the hot hand, and when he cools off a little bit, you bring your starter back. It's a 25-man mission. It's a collective mission, not just nine position players. That would be the way I look at it. So I kind of like uh, the Ozzie Guillen, and, and to some extent, Lou Pinella does that too, their theory. But uh, we could throw that out for a little uh, discussion point, 888-463-6748. Baseball fans, if you want to check in, and again, our email is Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. That's M I C and the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk some Cavaliers and uh, Chicago Bulls NBA playoff. And Dave, uh, tonight, do we have yet another edition of Lost? Is Tuesday night Lost Night? It is Lost Night, yes. Wow. I actually, after taking. And it's going to be for the Bulls as well, so there you go. Ooh. No, you, uh, Hawks, I'm sorry. Oh, the, the Hawks play tonight, yeah. Oh, is it the Hawks tonight? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. That's right. But we could, we could, well, I'm going to talk positively. I'm not going to call it lost, but I actually, after missing the first four segments this year, I actually watched last week, which was, and I almost felt like I didn't miss anything, but obviously I did. Oh, you, you, you followed what was going on? Well, ignorance is bliss. Ah. <laughs> I ah. felt like, I'm, I'm sure when you miss, you know, especially you miss one show of Lost. You're completely behind. I missed like four or five, but I did tune in, sat down with the wife and kids and watched my favorite segment because Hurley, who's my favorite character, was featured. I love Hurley. That guy's great. What's his name? George Garcia? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Boy, does he have a weird background in that show, huh? Kind of mental institution, lottery winner, owner of all the... I can't figure the whole thing. I'm a big Hurley fan. Hurley could play left guard for the Chicago Bears if we needed to. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Glee's on tonight, too, folks. Wow. Ooh. Hey. Ho. Oh. Again, I'm not too uh, not too proud of my uh, 
lack of testosterone level to uh, admit that I am a enjoyer of the high school musical that is called Glee. We'll take a quick break and talk about a uh, pretty good NBA playoff game yesterday with a superstar who played like a superstar and then some Cavs and Bulls. We'll talk about it when we come back. Two guys in a mic, TalkZone.com. Don't go anywhere. Our breaks are short. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone we're back on the two guys and a mic show again thank you for joining us on a beautiful tuesday our show emanating out of the uh, fine city of chicago the coach that's me flying solo today the co-pilot seat is open if you'd like to uh Join us. Feel free to strap on and uh, take a ride. 888-463-6748. Again, 888-463-6748. Not a good uh, last week for pilots, by the way, or uh, airplanes or airplane companies. Apparently, what was the number I saw? A billion? A two billion? Half yeah, two, two billion. And that's early Ooh. figures. And that's before the second little a volcano burp or whatever they're calling it mm-hmm. happened yesterday, which is going to ground more flights. I did not realize there was a burp yesterday. Yes, yes, a postmortem burp. Yep. Wow. More ash. Wow. So. That's not good. I, I had heard some of the uh, flights were going to start taking off again, but now with the burp, not so good. Not so good, boy. So if you are a stockholder of an airline company, um, now that the two billion is combined, right? All the airline companies together. Correct. All right, that Correct. can't be good though. That can't be good. Boy, pilots and, of course, people that had uh, flights scheduled. Uh, hopefully, is there flight insurance? I'm not fully aware of that, but hopefully some people had that. Uh, most people opt not to have it, you know. And if but, you, but, but then again, I mean, we're, t- we're talking about over in Europe, so things might be a little bit different. They might offer different things with their flights. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have insurance and uh, somebody burps or a volcano happens to take off, are you just... SOL? Depending on the airline. 
depending on the airline. But, okay. yeah, a lot of these bargain carriers are like, yeah, if the flight gets canceled, you're mm-hmm. – that's it. Wow. Not good. Not good. That's uh, going from bad to worse when the economy is uh, in question there. But uh, you can't control the volcano, the old volcano in Iceland trick. Oldest trick in the book. 888-463-6748. The phone number. Hopefully there'll be no more burps. But uh, there was a little bit of a burp in the uh, NBA playoffs yesterday. Chicago Bulls taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Game two of the playoffs. We said we'd talk a little NBA playoff. It's right here for you. And, uh, you know, I haven't heard a lot of the talk show people in Chicago, and I haven't read a lot just yet. But I hope there's not too much negative. Because from what I saw, the uh, Chicago Bulls played a heck of a game yesterday. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are a great team. But the Bulls uh, played with some swagger. They played with some swagger. That was, was what was most impressive. Didn't come out afraid. Didn't come out in awe of LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Okay, And maybe uh, you know by game's end they might have been in awe, but they played. That is a Chicago Bulls. If you're a Bulls fan, if you're an NBA fan, that is a... Uh, well, we talked about the, the baby burping when we came to airplanes... The Bulls are a teenager that is, um, the last third of the season they were going through puberty. You watch them now, they've, uh, they're out and about. They're not ready to go to a big college and go off and live on their own just yet. But you know what? They're getting damn close to being independent. That's a good, solid Chicago Bull Paul Club that played again, uh, at Cleveland against the number one seed and the Bulls played with confidence and even a little bit of swagger. I thought that was impressive. Do you watch the ball game, David? Yes, most of it. All right. Most of it. And you're a guy that's uh, you're known for your behind the scenes swagger. Would you agree? Body language wise, uh, Bulls look pretty good. Pretty good, but the end result is they lost, and mm-hmm. I still contend they would have been better off not, not making the oh, playoffs at all. Stop it. Seriously, I mean, you, you get a couple extra games out of it. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it, and then plus these first round games, they drag out like two or three weeks, or these series, mm-hmm. they drag out like two or three weeks. So it's just like, well, the drag, it's a slow, the, painful death of the bull season. Sorry. Well, I, mean, I enjoy the slow and painful death. It's, you know, sometimes it's, it's, let's put it this way the slow, painful death is better than being in the graveyard already, which many other NBA teams are. You, I mean, you watch a game like yesterday, but yesterday is a perfect example. You, you, would you rather be out of the playoffs or play in a game like that? Yeah, you lost. Okay, but the team competed on the road. Taj Gibson stepped up. Joakim Noah played great. Derrick Rose continues to play phenomenal. Lou Aldang has found his roles. Guys coming in off the bench. The team developing. Vinny Del Negro getting more confident. The players starting to get more confident with him. Everybody in Chicago saying Vinny Del Negro is going to be fired. It's not even an issue. Not even a question. Well, it is a question. Because this team has reached puberty, I'm right here to tell you. They're about ready to go off to college. And if Vinny Donegro wants to uh, walk hand-in-hand hand with them to college, that's okay with me. They needed to show that around the All-Star break and keep that consistently the back half of the season. And then this would have been a series. Okay. You know, it's, it's so what if they're showing yeah. swagger now? I mean, they're yeah. two games away from their season being over. They can show as much swagger as they uh, want. But You know what? Yeah, it's... Are they going to be able to carry that swagger over five months from now when the new season starts? It's a good Who question. knows? Who knows? It's a good question. Good question. But uh, they will tell you what, the series would be one-to-one if LeBron James didn't just absolutely 
have an unbelievable game. Do we got the big dog on the line? We've got the big dog. Let's, he, see, let's see what he thinks. He was not scheduled for today, folks. He's taking a break from uh, his actual job and joining us via the phone line. Joel Radwanski, the he big are, dog. Continue How with are you? the massage. Continue with the massage. Oh, I'm sorry, fellas. I didn't know I was on the air. <laughs> Hey, uh, you know what? This is a really frustrating series in so many different ways. One, it's frustrating because I kind of have to agree with you with, you know, they're losing, but they're playing tough. And, and the only reason why I accept it in this particular way is because they shouldn't be the A seed if it wasn't for a stretch of their second most important player, Joe Kim Noah, going out. Then there was like five other guys hurt at the time. And because of that, they lost 10 or 11 games in a row. If that doesn't happen, they don't have the A seed and they're not playing Cleveland. You know, so it's like it's just so frustrating. It's a woulda, coulda, shoulda series. You see this team, and when they're all together, you see that they have a future. They have a possibility of being a real good team, just like you're saying. Oh, there, there might be a way to go to college. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, you look back, and if it wasn't for those injuries, they wouldn't be in the A seed, and now they wouldn't be getting pounded by Cleveland. So, but it will not be a successful series of what I, I, if they get swept in the city of Chicago, and they go, you know, lose these two, and they lose a series in four. I'm not going to be like, well, they play tough. No, they got their butt kicked four games in a row. Losing close games means they have a long way to go as a team. So mm-hmm. if they really want to impress me, maybe they don't have to win this series, Coach, but they do have to get at least back to Cleveland, hopefully back to Chicago for at least a game today. Yeah, I would disagree with you a little bit. And uh, NBA fans, if you're listening in the uh, Chicago area, Bulls fans, NBA fans in general, you want to check in. Uh, 888-463-6748. I'd love to hear from you. Emails at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, I do think it makes a difference. If you uh, back down and you get pounded pretty good four straight games, or if you compete like they did yesterday, they played to win. The game was right there for them. The Cleveland fans were silenced more often than not. Uh, and it's a great Cavalier team. And you know what? The Cavs weren't playing bad. The Cavs were playing good. The Bulls just came out and took the game to them. I watched that game from start to finish. And then LeBron James, who was already having a real good game in the fourth quarter, just got ridiculous. Yeah, well, the Bulls played awesome in the fourth quarter. and I understand The whole game the Bulls played, great. But I am not going to pat any of my particular teams on the back for playing hard. Let's put it, well, every team should play hard. I'm not going to be well, like, oh, I'm happy because they played hard. I want them to play smart. I want them to finish. Well, but, the, but, them... but they played hard, Big Dog, but they also played well. Not just hard, but they were effective. Well, and I understand where, you know, you know, Vinny Del Negro is probably a lot better coach than we've given him credit for. But when you have a midget on LeBron James for five or six consecutive possessions and the first four to five previous uh, possessions, he had drilled a shot. Maybe you might want to take Kurt Heinrich off him and realize that LeBron James is getting no. a free look whenever. Why don't you rotate? There was a lot of things that they needed to do better, Coach. So I, I do appreciate the effort. But the, the single most important factor is this team needs to learn how to close. So I'm not going to be all giddy. You know, last year everyone was mm-hmm. like, oh, they played the Celtics and they played hard. It was a great series. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yes, long. it was. What are you but talking lost, about? Coach. I know they lost, Big Dog, but and the end they, result. did you for them this year. Huh? It did nothing. It did nothing for him. Oh, I don't think so. No, 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 no. Big, uh, big dog. I'm li- you know, you may have to go back to your massage in a couple of minutes here. You keep up this stuff here. Uh, by the way, you going Vaseline or you going oil or you going all natural? I don't know. It's some minty stuff and it's oh, getting come on. on. That's terrible. You got to start going to some higher level places, will you please? Uh, what? Not big dog. You can't be serious. You're t- for as much as I'm charged, getting charged. <laughs> Using the, you, did you bring your coupons this time? 
my coupon? Yeah. Or did I have my cup on? What did you say? A little of both. Oh, yes. <laughs> I never realized those two sound alike, but in this particular situation, it fits, pardon the pun. Yeah, it said, you know, massage half off. Right when I got here, the girl took her top off. <laughs> All right, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, he'll be here all week. Uh, now, I completely disagree with you. You can't write off that Boston series last year. It was great. No, Number... no, it was a fantastic series. Yes. And you can say, hey, the Bulls finished second in the best series of all time, which well, doesn't really do much for me. Well, I does... would much rather have them win the most boring series of all time. Well, all right, but but it's pretty close. You're just writing it off like, all right, you know, it was a lot of fun. But, you know, in the end, we lost. No. We did lose in the end, but it was great. The team competed. They gave us some tremendously exciting moments. We, you know, in the ultimate, we lost. But, you know, it sounds well. I'm not going to say what it's about to say, but I thought that was a great series. I thought the Bulls gained a lot from it, and I think even if the Bulls lose four straight and get swept, if they play like they did yesterday and compete and take the game to the Cavaliers, uh, I'm not just going to write it off as a total loss because I think this Bulls team. Uh, is is clearly developing and gaining confidence. Yeah, and and just to throw it out there, normally I usually agree with Dave Olson, and I completely disagree with you. But to though not wanting them to make the playoffs, I mean, their one in two hundred shot of actually getting the top pick only happens like if there's a Derrick Rose available, and they they want the Bulls to get pumped up, uh, get a little extra exposure because you know that the lottery is just fixed. Mm-hmm. But. I, I don't know. I'm glad they're in the playoffs. Even if they get swept four in a row, I'd rather have them getting swept in the playoffs than than actually not making the playoffs whatsoever. Because mm-hmm. even in the early years of Michael Jordan, I keep on going back to this, but I, I kind of feel like the Bulls had a chance to build a championship-caliber team. That's why I, I keep on referring to the Bulls over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So like the, the late 80s and early 90s Bulls. Michael Jordan made the playoffs every year. So they didn't need those high lottery picks in order to put stuff around them. They have a Taj Gibson who looks like he can be a legitimate good power forward in the NBA, like one that yep. you can win basketball games. And Joe yep. Kim Noah is the same way. They also need another guy to put the ball in the hoop so we don't get your dribble, 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 uh, or pound the ball, which, pound the which ball. Which yesterday, much better yesterday than game one. Yes, and isn't it a little bit easier? Don't they? They do a lot less of that when Lou Aldang is being aggressive. If Lou Aldang plays like that at the United Center coach, they will not get swept. Mm-hmm. We were everybody in my house, mouth was open. Claudia came home and like Lou Aldang missed a shot, and I told you know I told Claudia I was like he went the length of the court and dunked the ball over LeBron James. He thought I was making up. He's like, don't worry. So if if Luol can actually play like that, mm-hmm. they have a chance to win both games in Chicago. I think that was the biggest plus yesterday yep. was. Lou Aldang played with a pair of testicles. And mm-hmm. I, I hate knocking a kid because he's a great kid. He works his butt off. Why doesn't it translate into courage on the court? And it, maybe that seems mean or harsh, Coach, but sometimes mm-hmm. I think the kid either lacks confidence or courage, and I do believe it's all rolled into one. Yeah, uh, but I agree with you. He's gaining in both of those, not just last game. Even in the first game, he showed signs of that last 10 games of the season. We had mentioned here on the show uh, that Lou Aldang is – Fitting into a role with the Bulls, the spotlight is off him, and as a complimentary scorer, he could be a pretty good weapon. Slashing to the basket, his outside shot is developing. He played a very, very good game, and uh, Joakim Noah got the fans all riled up. They were all giving him a hard was, time. I loved it, by the way. I absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, but what you know what I loved even more? Is he responded to 25 points, 13 rebounds, so that shows something 
about the testicular fortitude of a Joakim Noah, too. He responded to all that pressure, and he performed, Big Dog. Pretty impressive. Yeah, hitting free throws, uh, you know, in a clutch time at the end of the game last night. Um, so, yeah, that, that was important. Now, you, you talked about, like, the complimentary players. Like, Heinrich is a real good complimentary player. Luol Dang, when he plays like he did yesterday, is a really good complimentary player. The only problem is the Bulls have complimentary, complimentary players that are getting paid like guys that should be an all-star at least one out of every three years with the mm-hmm. Bulls. That, that's the one issue that they have. But you know what? Sometimes you've you got to overcome bad contacts. you got to do that. But to be quite honest with you, Coach, I, I, I do see a – this team can win a championship with an extra piece. Yep. They're not that far away. Yep. The whole time since the post-Jordan era, mm-hmm. it's been like this philosophy, whether it was Krause, whether it was John Paxson, whether it's Gar Hurd, the whole thing is the playoffs, we don't want to lose in the playoffs. We want to build a team that legitimately can win a championship. Mm-hmm. You know, They're not trying to win 50 games and be cute. They're trying to have win 65 and win it all. I really love that mentality. Yep. And I think they have the core for it, and they might be only one or two players away. This is the closest they've been in a long time. I completely agree with that. LeBron James, by the way, was unbelievable in the fourth quarter. He was he was amazing all game. But in the fourth quarter, absolutely unbelievable. You know, he beat him with the outside shot. If you're going to get beaten by LeBron, make him hit those shots. I don't think he'll hit those all the time, but it was incredible. You mentioned Heinrich guarding him, but Big Dog, they had tried everybody. Luol Dang was on him. James Johnson's getting, I don't know about lit up in the newspapers, but um, they're kind of writing James Johnson off. Well, you know, the rookie got taught a lesson by LeBron. You know what? James Johnson, the black belt and karate rookie, I like the way he came out and defended LeBron. Again, body language, uh, uh, confidence level. He got right in LeBron's face. He played tough D on LeBron. I like the effort from James Johnson. They only went to Heinrich late down the stretch because uh, nobody else could stop LeBron. Well, yeah, yeah, I do realize that was going on. And I'm going to disagree a little tiny bit with the James Johnson stuff. You know okay. what I'm upset about him? Put a body on LeBron James. He did. I mean hard. I'm not saying dirty. I'm not saying Kevin Garnett style, Rick Mahorn style, or, or the Pistons. I'm talking about more like New York Knicks, Chicago Bulls, early 90s type fouls. You're going to go to the whole LeBron? Well, guess what? You're going to have to pick – you. Or your teammates are going to have to pick you up after I knock you down. I'm mm-hmm. not talking cheap, Coach. I'm talking about playoff-style basketball. And, and that's why another reason why I kind of disagree with Dave, or not, I do disagree with Dave. This team needs to learn how to play in the playoffs. And you know how you play in the playoffs? Nobody goes to the hole without getting touched. <laughs> that doesn't happen again, okay? They hit the floor. They hit the floor. And I, I, that needs to happen. Devin Brown's on the end of the bench looking like he smoked too much weed. He needs to get out there and put a body on somebody. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, and like again, not cheap, but physical. This team needs to up its ante physically, just like yep. the Chicago Blackhawks decided to do in the second period of the mm-hmm. game against Nashville, and all of a sudden everything started working out for him. Well, you know, James Johnson is a black belt in karate, so I would think if LeBron is, went in the paint. Is it karate or is it jiu-jitsu? Uh, it might be, whatever. He's a black belt. That's good enough for me. I would think uh, James could probably figure out a way, James Johnson, to um, take down, if you will, in a not-so-kind or gentler way of LeBron James. Maybe yeah, we yeah, should... I'm not talking about hurt him. I, right. Please, I hope everybody understands that. I just don't like easy layups in the playoffs. Uh, d- did you happen to watch the, the Utah-Denver game last night? I did not. Nene had, like, one of the best fouls. Somebody came – he attacked the basketball, but he did it with absolutely – no regard to where the rest of his body went. Next you know, it was this gigantic collision, and it looked kind of cheap at first, Coach, and then you looked on the replay, 
all Nene did was go for the ball with no disregard where everybody else went. So it mm-hmm. ended up being just like a beautiful playoff basketball play, and that's what I want. I want thorough aggressiveness. Okay. Leave it all on the floor, Coach. That was that game was way too late for my particular um, blood type, but who won that game? Uh, Utah won, <laughs> and right now there is no better point guard in the world than Darren Oh, Boyd. my goodness. 33 yeah. points on 11 yeah. field goal attempts, yeah. 14 assists, Two turnovers. I'm amazed. Watching him play in college, just amazed that he has become a legitimate NBA, not great player, but an NBA superstar. He's one of the best, if not the best point guard in the game. And you watched him play in college. You thought he could maybe have a decent NBA career. I'm shocked how good he's become, Big Dog. But Utah, you know I'm not. Utah you know evens I'm not. that series up, right? Yeah, it's 1-1, and it's the... Uh... It's a well-played series. Watching those teams play is a lot yeah. of fun. Well, yeah, the problem, uh, I, you know, Utah lost their center, uh, Mehmet Okur. Yeah. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think Denver's going to pull it out with Okur in there. That game goes seven, and game seven might go triple overtime. That might be the best of all the series is going on. Yeah, there's like the, the Portland-Phoenix series. Is, oh, anytime you get Phoenix on the court, it's going to be an entertaining series. Mm-hmm. And... um Dallas and San Antonio, everything out west looks good. Dallas and San Antonio, Coach, mm-hmm. that ended up being a really, really, really good game one, too. So I wouldn't – I'm really not sure what you're going to call the best series, but right now I'm, I'm leaning with you with that Utah-Denver yeah. series. It's a well, well-played series. And I'll tell you another one that's going to be good is uh, in the east, the Boston Celtics and the Heat, right? Yeah. For the four and five seed, that's going to be a great battle. I think that one might go seven, too. I like that matchup. I think Orlando will probably win pretty easy and the Milwaukee Bucks – Without Andrew Bogut, I don't think we'll put up much of a fight with the Atlanta Hawks. But Celtics and the Heat—that's good stuff. Yeah, that's a good, that's good stuff. And and as, so you got like the beautiful style of basketball that you can watch in Phoenix and Portland or Utah, Denver, or um, actually, you know, the Bulls, Cleveland—they're playing a nice, crisp style of basketball. Mm-hmm. So you watch that Miami-Boston series, you're going to be wondering when the Miami Heat became a hockey team. <laughs> I mean, don't, it's like it looks like it's the Miami Heat versus the Knicks in the early '90s. When mm-hmm. I was talking about Bulls Knicks, the the Heat Knicks were even more physical than that <laughs> stuff. So, it, watching that first game, it was unbelievable. If you were going to go to the hoop in that game, you needed to have a hockey equipment on or wearing a catcher's mask or something like that, mm-hmm. just to get a rebound. You're going to get a bruise. Now so you got it, Kevin Garnett waiting for you in the paint, right? Yeah. So if you do your stats, you're like, oh, I had three layups and I had 14 uh, rebounds in this particular game. That equals out to 34 bruises. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, well, we'll be watching. That'll be good stuff, dog. We're going to uh, take a quick break. You got to run, or are you sticking around for one more segment? Uh, Coach, you know me. I don't run. But actually, I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of powering uh, uh, somebody's driveway right now. Get back to work, uh, uh, make some money, and I know you'll be joining us uh, full-time on the Friday show, correct? Yes, uh, maybe earlier. I, I doubt it, but yeah, definitely. I definitely will make right. an appearance over the next two days. But I am here full time on Friday. That's when I give plasma. Okay. So usually I give plasma. <laughs> I do a couple shots of Jack Daniels. Those are some interesting shows. Oh, somebody getting blood. They might not be a whole lot healthier, but uh, they're feeling a whole lot better. Yeah, I go right from the massage to yeah. uh, what do you call it? A, a paving driveway. So I'm a <laughs> By man the way, of many means. Does the person whose driveway is getting paved? Do they know that you're tarring it, or do you like? Tell them and charge them afterwards. 
That's exactly what I do. Like some because it's the squeegee, just like those idiots <laughs> on the side of the road that uh, they like spray your they spray your windshield and they squeegee uh-huh. your windshield. Okay, it's the same way. I just threw down a bunch of tar and squeegeed, and they're like, "All right, and here's a hundred." You know, so. so tar tar first, ask questions second, and then give them a bill later. That, that's exactly what ends up happening. It's a nice technique, not bad. All right, big dog. Thanks for uh, checking in. We'll check back with you uh, tomorrow or later in the week. Talkzone.com. <laughs> All right. Well, that was pretty good, actually. That was pretty good. We'll take a quick break. Big Dog, uh, our normal co-host on the show. Phone lines will be open when we come back. 888-463-6748. Coach flying solo. David Olson, our astute producer, on the other side of the glass. to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. Hey, we're back on the Two Guys and a Mic show. Fastest breaks in the business, folks, right here on the TalkZone.com. 888 The phone number I have before me, the uh, Midwest Fishing Report. In case we have any, I know we got a lot of fishers and outdoorsmen that listen to the show. David Olson, you'll be happy to know on Lake Michigan, the perch have moved off the shore and smelting continues more of a social gathering as catches are few. Hooray! <laughs> the perch have moved off the shore. Where, where did they move to? I'm assuming back in the lake. Every once in a while, I don't fish, but I love reading these fishing reports. You know, it kind of get, brings you into a whole different world. There's like a fish called crappy or crappie. That for the longest time on our radio show, we used to do a bit called the Midwest Outdoor Hunting and Fishing Report, where I would read the report. Joel, who is knowledge about fishing is even less than mine, would just make up stuff. But for the longest time, we thought, well, crappy. What is a crappy? It's a crappy. So I'm not sure what kind of fish it is, but we do know it's a fish. If you're out there in the Fox Chain of Lakes area, you'll be happy to know that the walleye action is improving in the northern lakes. Here we go. Crappie is good by the backwater laydowns and... On the edges of the channels, there are minnows or hair jigs with spikes. Sounds like the last rock concert I saw. Minnows or hair jigs with spikes. Shabona Lake. Where's Shabona Lake? Up in Wisconsin? I would think so. What's the name of it? Shabona Lake. I think it's Wisconsin. All right. Walleyes, if you're up in the Shabona area, be careful. Walleyes and bass are biting. They might not even be in the lake. Might be at a local storefront or a bar. Lake Shelbyville. 
Many bass were taken Sunday in a variety of, ba- uh, of baits. That's kind of sad. The bass were taken away. Water levels are a bit low. That's not good. That's not good. Maybe because of the ice, uh, volcano in Iceland, the water levels are low. You never know. It could be related. What else we got here? Kankakee River. Beautiful downtown Kankakee. Folks, if you haven't been to the state of Illinois, if you're listening from one of the other fine uh, states in our listening audience, of course, via the webcast here, we're siphoning out to seven different uh, continents as well as the fine 50 continental United States here. It's uh, unbelievable what the Internet can do. But if you haven't been to the state of Illinois, obviously you got to come visit Chicago. But just outside Chicago, there's a place called Illinois. Remember that advertising campaign? <laughs> but Kankakee, if you haven't checked out Kankakee, truly, truly one of the places, the must-see stops in Illinois, halfway to Champaign. That's a beautiful thing. Kankakee River, one of the highlights of Kankakee, that and the Kmart. Besides those two things, I don't know what else the hell there is in Kankakee, but um, an old roommate of mine was in Kankakee, and he might be the third relic to visit. The moments area is good for walleye. Make sure you use a jig and a minnow. Have no idea what that means. And Lake Delavan, Wisconsin, big bluegills have been caught. Again, I'm assuming that's fishing and not up in the uh, local bars. Could be a combination of both. There's your there's your fishing report for today, folks. All right, sports talking more. Two guys at a mic. Talkzone.com. Phone lines open. Talk some baseball here. 888-463-6748-888-463-6748. And, um, I do want to get to the NHL playoffs, too, because here in Chicago we've got Game 3. Blackhawks taking on Nashville. But real quick, real quick, let's take an early season look at Major League Baseball. We're, uh, what do we got, 13 out of 160, so we're, we're not even one-tenth of the way through the season. Early. Very, very early. But uh, let's do a quick little, little roundup of the different divisions here and see if we can get any early prognostications uh, in the American League, the Eastern Division, Tampa Bay has been one of the big surprises. To some people, not a surprise. Again, I think one of the major magazines might have been Sports Illustrated picked the Devil Rays to win the World Series this year. So maybe not that much of a surprise. They're 10 and 3. Yankees are 9 and 3. Toronto, Blue Jays, not bad. 8 and 6. Boston, big disappointment. 4 and 9. Most people will think they'll come back. A lot of season left, but so far, not so good for the Red Sox. They've lost Five in a row, I think shockingly six in a row at Fenway Park. The Baltimore Orioles. Moment of silence if we could for baseball in the Baltimore area. Thank you very much for that heartfelt moment of silence. Central Division in the American League. The contenders do not include our beloved White Sox, Minnesota. Ronnie Gardenhire getting it done again. They lose their closer, Joe Nathan. They uh, go to a new park, kind of have a new style team, not as much speed, a little more power. You win with the talent you got. You adjust your playing styles. Ron Gard and I are one of the best managers in baseball. Here the Twins are in first place at 9-4. and four. Tigers at 7-5. and five. Cleveland, Indians, a little bit better than some people thought, 6-6. Six and six. American League West, the Oakland A's have been the surprise so far. 9-5. and five. The rest of the team, mediocre at best. Angels, Seattle, Texas. A lot of people thought this might be the year for the Texas Rangers. Uh, not off to a great start at 5-7. and seven. In the Anaheim Angels, everybody keeps counting them out every year. They lose players. They don't pick up that many great players, but they also have one of the best managers in baseball, Mike Sosha, and he's keeping them afloat right now. And don't be surprised at the end of the year if the Angels somehow, some way, 
if they're in it at the end. Mike Sosha finds a way to do that. They're six and seven, but they won uh, three in a row, so they're getting back to good baseball. National League. National League, the favorite team, Philadelphia Phillies, lost a couple in a row. Little chink in the armor for the Phillies. They're at eight and four, still in first place. Florida Marlins, also known as Hanley Ramirez Incorporated. Eight and five, only a half game off the pace. Atlanta Braves, pretty good ball club this year, seven and five. Nationals are surprising everybody at seven and six. And once again, let's have a moment of silence for the New York Mets fans out there because it looks like it's going to be a long year for the New York Mets. Do we have our, um, David Olson, our producer, I think we have a uh, soundtrack for the moment of silence. You got the tape in? Okay, ready? Let's play it. That's great production work, David. Any the, the interns do that, or how do we get that tape? No, I took care of that personally, so <laughs> I that, take great great pride in my work. That, that's what separates you from the other producers in the business. That was outstanding. I mean, I've, I've heard some moment of silences. I've heard quiet time. That was probably the best silent moment on radio I've heard in a long time. Kudos to our producer, David Olson. Central Division, St. Louis Cardinals are the favorite team, 8-4. and four. How about Pittsburgh? Pirates. You know me, I root for all the low-budget teams. They're doing pretty good so far, seven and five. Not too bad. Pirates, uh, and, and I know in previous years they've had good starts, and then they kind of find their way to the bottom. But uh, hopefully, hopefully this year will be a year Pittsburgh can stay afloat. Uh, you feel bad for the Pirate fans, great baseball fans. At least I remember them back in the day when the Pittsburgh team was good. They were great Pittsburgh Pirate fans out there, and kind of tough now where every good player you get. You watch them grow up in Pittsburgh. You watch them develop over a couple of years. The boom, trade it. Can't afford them anymore. That's tough. That's tough. You're a Pittsburgh Pirate fan now. You are a true, loyal baseball fan rooting for your city team because the Pittsburgh fans have been tested, shall we say. Milwaukee, five and seven. People expected better out of the Brewers this year. Cubs, five and eight. Very disappointing. And um, Cincinnati Reds. Five and eight. A lot of people thought they might be one of the surprise teams in the National League this year, but Dusty Baker not able to keep them going. Disappointing start for them. Houston Astros, we could do the moment of silence thing for them too, but uh, been there, done that. The Astros probably going to struggle all year. Finally, in the National League West, that's going to be one of the more competitive divisions. Again, you want to talk some baseball here. You're listening from one of the fine cities out there in Major League Baseball world. Feel free to check in. Coach flying solo. We'll get you right on at 888-463-6748, the phone number. But uh, National League West, San Francisco Giants, 8-4. and four. And they have been pretty impressive, of course, led by Timmy Lincecum, who's well on his way to a third consecutive Cy Young. The guy's amazing. Uh, San Diego Padres, 6-6. Six and six. Dodgers, a disappointing. 6-6. Six and six. Colorado, 6-7. Six and seven. They just got the no-hitter from Ubaldo Jimenez. We'll see if the Dodgers catch fire, but... Uh, San Francisco Giants, I think anyways, are for real this year. I think they're going to win that National League Western Division and maybe contend for the National League pennant. So there you go. 12, 13, 14 games into the MLB season. Not even one-tenth of the way through. A lot of baseball still to be played, but you start to see little indications of some of the teams, some surprises, some disappointments. Always fun to watch over the long, long grind of the Major League Baseball season. All right. A couple of minutes left. Final topic to go over. We got game three. Hockey fans. Hockey fans. Want to talk some hockey here? We only got a few minutes to do it. Chime in at 888-463-6748. Game three of the NHL playoffs here for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Disappointing loss. 
in game number one to uh, Nashville. Came back well, though, in game number two. The goaltending's been really good. Uh, Anti-Niemi gave up one soft goal, one cheap goal, if you will, but has played um, very, very good. And Pekka Rinne, hopefully I finally got that name right, probably still pronouncing it wrong, but Pekka Rinne has been outstanding for Nashville, even in the 2 nothing loss. In game two, he was he was better. Niemi got the shutout. Rene gave up two goals. Rene was better. I watched that game from start to finish. Uh, I watched approximately three or four regular season games, but David Olsen, I'm here to tell you, I am our hockey expert on the show. My intuition is outstanding for the fine game of hockey. You know how people complain, too, on TV? Oh, hockey's not a good game on TV. Too hard to follow the puck. It's only good when you're there. Yeah, I got the worst eyes in the world. Terrible eye. I've never. It's just me. I know, I know a lot of people have had this issue, but I've never had a problem watching hockey on TV. Or, you know, remember when they tried that stupid, uh, what was it, orange line, yellow, following the puck? Yeah, yeah, they had that. Like a slash the, mark? Yeah, and then they had the glowing puck, too. If you the remember. who? The glowing puck? Yes. Yes, and both of those. And some people enjoy it. Both those in my world, brutal. But uh, I've never had a problem. I think hockey's obviously in person. It's a sensational game. But I thoroughly enjoy watching it on TV, and I'm a guy who, and maybe there's some fans out there like that, I enjoy hockey. It's just um, you've only got so many viewing hours to give. You only got so much time. I don't get to watch a lot of regular season hockey. In the wintertime, basketball takes a little priority for me. I'll catch glimpses of Blackhawk hockey. Went to one game this year. Normally I go watch our AHL team, the Chicago Wolves, who will play their home games about 15, 20 minutes from where I live. Normally I try to go watch them a couple times a year. Made zero games this year. Watched a little bit on TV, but it comes Stanley Cup time where it reminds me every year what a great, great spectator sport hockey is. It makes me mad and disappointed of whatever the word would be that you don't get or that I don't get to watch more hockey. It is a great sport. Great, great sport, athletic. The pace of the game is outstanding. One good thing about it is a lot less TV timeouts than basketball or football, which just kill you. I mean, hockey has, you know, maybe two or three a period. That's livable. And maybe it's because the players aren't getting paid. You know, an average NHL player doesn't get $10 million a year, so maybe it's the money thing and they don't have as much money to recoup for the advertisements. Whatever it is, it's a lot better watching. It doesn't get broken up. As early, as often, as long as NBA games or basketball or football games do at the collegiate level with the TV timeouts, which just kill the viewing experience. I can actually watch a hockey game without being on tape. But it's a great sport. Great sport. Blackhawks uh, 1-1, Game 3 in Nashville. Going to be a good matchup tonight. <coughs> Excuse me, the Hawks uh, trying to find a way to use their speed and get in the open ice. Nashville, certainly not a um, athletic, acrobatic creative team, more of a blue-collar, grinded-out team. First two games, they've been able to play that style of hockey, and it has bothered the Hawks a little bit, but you can start to see, I think, the Blackhawks starting to play their game. They just got to get their passing down. They missed a lot of easy passes. If I didn't know better, I would have thought, who was the offensive coordinator for the Bears, Ron Turner? I would have thought Ron Turner was uh, running the passing game for the Blackhawks last game. They were going side to side, and they were missing about every pass. 
But uh, hopefully game three tonight should be a good one to watch. Hopefully the Hawks, if you're in the Chicago area rooting for the Hawks, hopefully they can gain an advantage at Nashville. Going to be a good matchup to watch. Uh, NHL hockey. I know the Washington Capitals won their game yesterday. There's been a couple of upsets um, in games so far. Obviously none of the series are done yet. But NHL playoffs, probably more than any other sport, an eight seed or a seven seed can knock you off. And mainly, and a couple of our co-hosts have explained the reason, mainly because uh, one goalie, one particular player, a hot goalie, can definitely turn the tie in a tournament, and the Hawks are facing a hot goalie right now, Pekka Rene. All right, we got to wrap up uh, today's show. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. I want to thank the big dog, Joel Radwanski, for checking in. Uh, right, if memory serves me correct, it was after his massage, before he started tarring somebody's driveway, who had no idea his driveway was about to be tarred. Yeah, he's living the dream. <laughs> David Olson, our producer, thanks for helping out today. Great job, David. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Have a great day, everybody. Go Hawks!